Well, good morning and welcome to Local Matters. We are talking education matters today, and we are talking to Dean Tom Payne, the Dean of the College of Business at Tennessee Tech University. And uh, Tom, it's it's great to have you back. Well, good morning, Dr. Bell. It's great to be here. I see you about every three or four times a week, so it's it's. Uh, I don't want to say good to see you again. Cause that's right, because it's pretty, usually not. No, yeah, it's, it's usually not. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that's good. Well, uh, we're glad to have you on the show. And to start with, some of the listeners uh, probably don't know you. So tell everybody a little bit about your background. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Bob. Uh, well, again, Tom Payne, Dean of the College of Business at Tennessee Tech. And I've been at Tennessee Tech now for uh, just over eight years. It's uh, been a great run thus far, and we've got a lot in store for the future for the College of Business and for Tennessee Tech. So really looking forward to that. Uh, As far as my background, it's uh, interesting. I'm kind of a uh, Texas-Arkansas transplant, but I think I've got full citizenship now in Tennessee. Bob, I've been here a little over 30 years with, uh, spent about 23 years of that with the University of Tennessee system, and uh, finally now have come come over to the bright light of Tennessee Tech and the Upper Cumberland of Tennessee. I've lived in uh, uh, East Tennessee and in West Tennessee and have found kind of like Goldilocks. I think it's just right here. Finally found home. I have. I have. And my background uh, prior to uh, academia uh, was in the private sector. uh, And actually, my undergraduate degree was in electrical engineering. So, I spent a few years with corporations, uh, Texas Instruments, where I was an integrated circuit designer and then moved into quality assurance with Rockwell International and uh, decided, you know, we'll make a little change. And uh, it turned out to be a great change. And uh, where I really found my passion was with uh, higher education and teaching students about finance and banking. And uh, then, of course, uh, uh, kind of following in your footsteps, Dr. Bell, with the administrative part. Yeah, you uh, you are in my footsteps. You also have a profound interest in leadership, and we might talk a little bit today about leadership and some of your, your observations on it. Maybe even a little bit about uh, your observations on finance and the banking environment in the spring of 2023. That's, uh, we're sort of in a an exciting time. I guess that could have always been said, but... It can, but, you know, we're just in such a time of uh, transition in the economy right. and in the banking sector as well. So in both the uh, the broad economy and what's going on with the labor markets and, and with the stock market and, of course, with interest rates and everybody's favorite topic, inflation. So Boy, yeah. just <laughs> lots and lots of things to, to talk about there. Well, let's talk about your favorite college first. Let's talk about the College of Business. Give us sort of an update on it. How many students and and sort of uh, current enrollment, undergraduate and graduate, and let us know what's going on. Absolutely. Well, right now we have uh, about 1,100 uh, undergraduate students and uh, 230 uh, of uh, students that are in our graduate programs. And we do have two graduate programs now that uh, one is the uh, Master's Business Administration and the second one is uh, rather new. We uh, we uh, came up with the program in 2016 and 17, so we've had that program now for just over five years, and that is the Masters of Accountancy. It's called the MAC. It is the MAC. Yeah. And uh, it is the only online MAC degree in the state of Tennessee, and we have a great program. They do uh, a little bit of residency, and, of course, they're directed 
and this prepares them uh, for uh, the CPA exam. And, of course, it gets them to the requisite amount of credit hours so that they can uh, become a CPA. And that's one reason, uh, even online, they, uh, they, they've got a lot vested in it because they've got to get through that CPA at the end of that. They sure do. And we've integrated that into the program. That's one of the themes that you'll see with our college today, Dr. Bell, is that we are looking at not only those academic um, topic areas and the very important, you know, critical thinking, uh, communication skills, and of course, our technical skills, uh, skills in teamwork. We're inculcating that into the curriculum and to our extra, into our extracurricular activity. But in addition to that, we are looking toward industry, industry certifications, the CPA, of course, being one, and those areas of, uh, of importance and relevance uh, to the labor market and to the companies that we, that we also put graduates out to. Uh, Dr. Oldham, our president, is, is, uh, uh, is fond of saying that, you know, our students are both our customers and our product. That's and sort so. of an interesting <laughs> dynamic, isn't it? It sure is. both ways. It sure is. And in that way, the organizations, the companies, the government agencies that our students go to work for are, are also uh, those whom we serve uh, in, uh, in today's job market. And it's changing fast. So we have to stay relevant. And uh, we're doing that in a lot of different ways. Let's talk about the undergrad program a little bit. What are the, we'll talk about all the majors, but what are the hot majors right now? Oh, yes. Now, so you put me on the spot. (laughs) 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 Because, you know, uh, today's uh, today's world requires a lot of different skill sets, and we do uh, a good job uh, at Tennessee Tech of of providing students with a broad base of skills. So the technical skills, the business skills that you would expect – but also those other, you know, uh, what we refer to as soft skills. Right. But I think, uh, you know, you and I both understand this, and I think our, our audience would as well, that the soft skills are oftentimes harder. They are the hardest skills to master. They really are. And about the time you think you have your arms around them, you put your, I put my foot in my mouth and say, yep, I yes. really don't do too well at it, it is that anymore. What they say is lifelong learning. Yeah. I think we're, yeah, well we said. always, <laughs> we always pick up a few, few more things along I the way. I have a lifelong learning experience that says, oops, you still need to learn some more. This is absolutely true. And as things change and, and, you know, as we uh, learn to deal with folks, not only in Tennessee, uh, around the country, and in fact, around the world, uh, that that means of communication, teamwork, uh, those skills of, uh, you know, what, uh, and as we move, you know, perhaps later in the conversation into um, leadership, uh, what, um, what, is, what could be referred to uh, as confident humility, yeah. you, know, yes. you know, being able to, to remain humble at the same time having some confidence in what you're doing as a leader. And that's and, a delicate balance and one not every leader Masters. Yes, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah absolutely that'll be a th- good one to talk about. Well, you offer a range of programs from uh, fairly technical ones, uh, like accounting or or like the information systems yes. focus that you you've got in the college, to uh, others that are in in some cases hard to understand, like the field of economics. That True. that always for me was hard to understand. It is, and it's so fundamental to what we do. And yet you've got a big program in banking and finance. Yes. And um, just uh, marketing, a, a wide range of 
of options. So. And, and you're right. I, I think when we look at certain fields of study, such as economics, and we do, by the way, have a new degree uh, that is a STEM degree. It's coded as a STEM degree because it does uh, include a lot of those uh, technical and analytical skills, you know, from econometrics to uh, uh, analytics. All of that's embedded in that degree as well as a fundamental understanding of how the economy works on the macro sense and how business decisions are made in the micro sense. Uh, as a finance person, uh, I fundamentally believe that uh, without economics, you can't fully understand how finance works. And uh, I so think I think right. that's, it's critical. Uh, and you're right, uh, the information technology uh, degrees, analytics, uh, and we, we have uh, an area that we refer to as business analytics and intelligence, not just how to analyze data, but how to interpret it. And now we're kind of branching that out into the different fields, you know, whether that be accounting, whether that be finance or marketing, uh, whether that be economics or in our analytics areas proper, that how do you make decisions within the context of management, for example? You know, how do you use that to make decisions? And, you know, today it is so different because, you know, in our day in school, we, we did a lot of rote memorization. Yeah. And, you know, because you think about it, because Google didn't exist, we couldn't find instantaneous answers and we didn't have this, you know, just what has become just an inundated amount, just so much information coming at us, so much that we've got to filter through a lot of noise. You know, as uh, in engineering, we talk about signal-to-noise ratios, <laughs> you know, information-to-noise ratios. And so as the noise gets greater and the information becomes more ubiquitous, we've got to have students who can, who can uh, discern the difference in that. And uh, and to make good decisions, you got to be able to do that. And that's that's a challenge for every American, probably every citizen in the world right now. The uh, the amount of uh, fact checking that people yes. need to do right is uh, uh, because beauty's in the eye of the beholder when it, it comes to truth it these is. days. And so the the ability to kind of look at that and and you know apply common sense, yeah. But but don't uh, don't get too linked. And you know I mentioned that um, that confident humility prior previously. Yeah. That is uh, you know Adam Grant has written a book. I can recommend this to our audience called Think Again. And he talks about that very concept. But he does it in a way to say don't be so tied to your own opinions and and in some cases dogma because it's easy to get attached. Well, it is. Things. But sometimes we have to think again, just like you were talking about with the leadership skills. We're always you, rethinking. We, what we is always effective. do. And the average citizen, uh, I bet most of them are tied to a given news channel and they're getting a yes. particular point of view. Yeah, either Every now the and then it's good to go over to the other guys yes. and see a different point of view. And it makes you think again about it does. a perspective. And it and it. Uh, uh, you know, and even if you end with the same conclusions that you had, it's validating. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if you can still pose an argument without calling a name. Yes. You know, yeah. and so that's something that we really want to instill in our students, not whether they ought to be right, left, or center, but whether they should, they can ably uh, digest information, make a decision, make an argument, have a friendly discussion and a debate, and be respectful. While you do it, that's uh, I know that's a heavy lift. Those are essential <laughs> skills and heavy lifts. You're right. 
Well, this is Local Matters. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk further with Tom Payne. What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. Welcome back to Local Matters. We are talking to Dean Tom Payne in the College of Business. Tom, we were talking about some of the skills that that business students have to uh, sharpen today as they sharpen all the tools in their toolbox. Uh, and we, we want to spend a good amount of time talking about leadership skills. But we focused on undergraduates. Let's talk about your two graduate programs the Master of Accountancy is a specialized program focused on accounting. The MBA is the, the famous general management degree that has, has been around here at Tech since 1976. What, do, uh, what are your typical students? Who are your typical students? And uh, what kind of jobs do they go into when they graduate? Oh, that's great. And I really appreciate that question because I think oftentimes, as with many uh, university degrees, and particularly graduate degrees, there's misunderstandings about, uh, you know, what are the requirements to get in a certain program. And with the MBA, I think one of the things that's both unique and powerful, quite frankly, about the MBA is there is no undergraduate major that we particularly require. Pretty much can get, come from any background. Exactly. And, and you know, different majors bring different strengths. We have a lot of engineers in our MBA program. We have uh, students that majored in biology and health sciences in the program. We have, of course, uh, quite a few business students in the program. And all of these students, regardless of, of where they come from and what, what degree they may have as an undergraduate, uh, you know, we have English students and, and students that majored in history or languages. I had two students in my banking and financial services class. I had two students out of the 21 that majored in languages as an undergrad and one in music. And so uh, just great students. They come from different perspectives. And and yet, at the same time, they need those business skills. And, and the MBA is a way to get those skills uh, in, in a more efficient way, you know, through an online program that's a 30-hour program, and it will bring them up the, the, up the curve across those business majors that, you know, that we mentioned uh, in regard to the undergraduate degree earlier. And yet they'll be able to use those uh, communication skills and interpersonal skills that in some ways they may have a different perspective on, maybe a better perspective. Uh, I know some bankers who like to get that kind of undergraduate mixed with an MBA. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And as you know, you know, the banking industry, not unlike a lot of others, is about relationship and building relationships and communicating with customers and uh, informing them, you know, and then the technical skills that says, yes, 
you know, I understand how a loan works. <laughs> you know, I understand how financing works and I can, I can advise my customer. I can serve in that capacity. Uh, you know, whether I'm in the investments business or whether I'm in human resources, you know, those skills uh, are, are important for all of those fields. And as you said, as you suggested, we have students from, you know, the every walk of academic life and, and experiential life that come into the MBA program. And that can kind of supercharge their, their, uh, pro, their professional career, you know, as they move along. So we have students that come straight out of college into an MBA program. And then we have some that have been out in the workforce for 10 or 15 years that come back into the MBA program. I know I had students in, when I taught in the MBA program who were in their 50s and 60s. Yes. They, uh, some a couple I can remember uh, had had a very successful military career and now were transitioning, had a great undergrad degree, Air Force Academy or wherever, and uh, just wanted to uh, transition and get some business skills. Yes, it's very interesting. We've had uh, folks that, you know, are uh, either going into med school or some of the, uh, uh, you know, professional programs at that level who will use that year in between their undergrad and their uh, medical uh, school admittance to get an MBA. That's pretty smart. It's a great combination. Isn't it? Yeah. Because we've had medical doctors. We've had, we've had, we have MDs yes, in the program or pharmacists in the program yeah. who realize that what they do has a lot to do with businesses. They're running a business. A lot of those uh, yep. MDs and uh, a lot of those uh, dentists and folks like that that are out there in the medical field and, you know, nurses that are, that are looking to uh, move in, in the, into management in their careers or do something different in that healthcare setting because nursing is such a solid foundation as engineering is for whatever comes next. And it gives them the credibility of that management degree. It does. To, to go it with does. that. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, students ever, uh, first name was Mike, but he, um, I met him and he came in on short notice and uh, I basically said, "And uh, why do you want to uh, get into the MBA program and you haven't had the GMAT yet, the famous aptitude yeah. test. How can we admit you? And he said, well, I've, I've had the GRE, and, and uh, I have a Ph.D. in biochemistry already, and I've worked at Sloan Kettering for 10 years. Yes. And then he told me his GRE score, and I thought, I think we can find we can room find for you. <laughs> and he's now CEO of a major aerospace company down in Huntsville. Yes. So uh, it's amazing how those uh, differing backgrounds come in to make a great MBA group. Yes. And, you know, another, uh, you know, it's 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 a uh, uh, what the economists call a positive externality of the MBA is you have you build a, a great uh, network of uh, fellow students. And so we're looking for ways and increasing those ways of building that network, even within the context of the convenience of online program delivery. And you know, today, uh, Dr. Bell, it, I don't know if you're aware that over half, now we're about 60% of all MBAs and MBA students are taking their classes online. Is that's, that right? That's the majority yep. of MBA students. And we see more and more entering that because they're looking for that. Many of them working full-time sure. uh, need that with families and work life and all that that convenience that the online brings. But as an accredited, fully accredited uh, business program, we want to continue to bring that quality and that degree, you know, of, um, 
uh, of respect and rigor that we have in the MBA program and maintain those standards. And we do that. And just a, you know, just a fantastic, I'm really uh, blessed and privileged to work with an excellent uh, group of faculty that we have in the business college. It's a real pleasure. It is a great faculty, and and uh, some of them have been around. We we launched into that online stuff back in the early two thousand. So yes, there's twenty plus years of maturity in that online experience in the College of Business. Very true, and that gives us a leg up because think, we have that background. I think that your college was the first mover at the university, and yes, one of truly, the first in the United States. Yeah. So uh, a lot of good experiences there. And again, it, it lets folks come to Tennessee Tech that might work at Oak Ridge National Lab or at FedEx or wherever. They don't have to live in Cookville this to is right. that MBA program. Well, and a very interesting fact about that is that if a student decides uh, halfway through the program, they take a full-time job. They can continue the MBA part-time sure. and, and finish it out. And so regardless of whether they move to Nashville or whether they move out of state. So uh, that provides another level of flexibility as they make decisions for their own life and their own families. Great deal more user-friendly than it was at the point you had to come knock on the door in Johnson Hall and take all your classes there. And I think that's one thing that we're going to have to uh, adapt to, and I think the ones that uh, adapt faster uh, to to this new uh, economy that we have, uh, that that yes, we need the quality, we also need the uh, flexibility, uh, and we need the affordability. And I'll just say, frankly, you know, a lot of our uh, college experiences, they're just too, they take too long. Yeah. And so if we can get highly motivated students, we're embarking on this, we can get them through an undergraduate in business and an MBA in four years. We can do that. We want to talk a little bit more about that at some point, because that's <laughs> a, that's a tremendous strategic advantage to yes. that, that student. Well, we're going to take a quick break. This is Local Matters. We're talking to Tom Payne, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Local Matters. We're talking to Dean Tom Payne from the College of Business at Tech. And Tom, we were talking about a fast-track MBA program that you've, you're launching that uh, lets that student, even as an undergraduate, begin to anticipate what they're going to do in the MBA. Tell us about that program. Absolutely. Um, if we can get students who have uh, some college credit prior to coming, and most of our students do nowadays, but if they have a, a certain level of background and credit hours before they before they come to the university that they gained, uh, whether it's through community colleges or through dual credit in their high schools and all of that, and they're highly motivated, they're good students, they have uh, good grades, uh, and they're those kind of high-achievement-oriented students, we can get them through an undergraduate in business and an MBA in four years. We can do that. And so if they have 15, 18 hours of college credit, as many do, then they could be one of those students uh, who, through our advising and our Student Success Center and our Launchpad, that they can uh, take advantage of the fact that as they move through their college experience, we want them to have, a, by the way, it's very important that they have a full a total, if you will, collegiate experience. You know, we're, we're not going to just load them up with so many hours that they don't experience that, you know, that important part of college, which is socialization. It's an important part of the time. It is, and it's an important part of becoming an adult and all of those uh, those things. And so we want them to have 
those uh, experiences and also the uh, extracurricular experiences, they're really integrated with our curriculum, including internships and travel studies and travel study or study abroad programs. So we've we've integrated that into some of these, what we would refer to as fast-track programs. And uh, one of the uh, interesting features and somewhat unique features uh, about getting graduate degrees at Tennessee Tech is that if you're one of those high-achieving seniors that you've, you've come through the program and now you're in your senior year, you can actually take uh, courses that count both for your graduate degree and your undergraduate degree. And so uh, you obtain that, and that's what we mean when we say fast track, uh, that you can take those hours. And so you can see where a lot of that undergraduate, graduate curricula can uh, intertwine and can be uh, done in four years. And, and if if not four, it may be four in a summer. You know, it depends on the student, and we we'll do that. That's one advantage of, uh, you know, of that personal service that we provide students at Tech and the time that, that our advisors and our faculty spend with them is to, is to work out a pathway that's best for them. And that's, that's something that can still happen at Tech that doesn't happen at a lot of places. Absolutely. So that's that's great that you're doing that. Well, that's an exciting program and one that uh, students ought to ought to check into. And some folks that are out there who had to leave before they completed their their degree could check into how they might round out that degree and then get the MBA to go with it. That's right. Well, you do a lot of work in the field of of leadership, and you teach a course in leadership. So let's talk a little bit about that and sort of about what you are thinking about and what you emphasize today in in leadership. Yes, I thought, uh, Bob, in preparation for this, I, I thought I uh, would share with you uh, kind of that 30,000-foot level view uh, and uh, about leadership and, uh, you know, talk about what are the important things that as a leader you really need to do. What, what are the practices you need to have and, and the perspectives that you need to have as a leader? One of the overriding themes, and, and whether I'm talking with a, you know, a, a, an undergraduate class or, or a graduate class or a professional group, is uh, the fact uh, that in order to lead, you have to read. You have to be a reader. If, you, if you're not, you're cheating yourself and you're cheating those um, – uh, that you're responsible for, uh, that you have to build your own context and you have to stay fresh. And so that's why I mentioned, you know, Adam Grant's book and there's certainly others. But but here's, let me try this. I, uh, reading just facilitates um, so much. And I'm not talking about textbooks. I mean, those are important. I, I don't yeah. want students to get the wrong yes. idea. Understand. <laughs> but I'm talking about reading uh, whether it's business, whether it's history, uh, whether it's economics. You know, uh, most Americans don't know the difference between the debt and the deficit. Right. They, don't, they don't have uh, uh, a distinction or an understanding of what the difference in decreases in the inflation rate and decreasing prices are. They're not the same thing. Uh, uh, what's the difference in increasing wages but – you could still have decreasing real wages, and we've seen that recently. We've got wage increases, but they're eaten up with inflation. Uh, 
And so, you know, all of these things, reading and getting a context and a and an understanding is important. I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of contemporary viewpoints, uh, you know, whether they're academic viewpoints or practitioner viewpoints or political viewpoints, uh, you know, a a lack of readings uh, or lack of reading facilitates kind of a a myopic, very you know focused, narrow, narrowly focused view, and a disproportionate fixation on you know what we might call a contemporary opinions and theories and ideologies. But with reading, you get a bigger context. You know, you yep. can put it in a wider view. So I think fundamental to leadership. Uh, and some of that maybe I'll just say as a financial economist, you know, I read The Economist. I read The Wall Street Journal. And as you suggested, uh, I listen uh, to, yep. to things, whether that's podcasts or – so there's a lot of ways to do this, but it's, but it's fundamentally important. And if, if, um, if we don't read, then all we're doing is, is getting information from random other sources and rumor and, and – so it's it, it's essential, but again, um, there's so much um, um, other opinion out there today. It, it is. is hard to know what is fact and what is not it when is. you do read. It, it is, and I think that's why uh, history is so important. You know, yeah. reading history, having a perspective that isn't just in the last five six, seven years, you know, it's what uh, behavioral economists refer to as a recency bias. If, if you don't know what happened before right. and, you, and you don't know, you also don't have the confidence that we can come through it because we faced a lot in our yeah. history and we've come through some things that are similar. And in some ways, you know, Mark Twain uh, said that history may not repeat, but it rhymes. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> well having said. that context yeah. and the, you know and so uh, that broadens our horizons it also gives us a i think there's a calmness under fire that comes from having that context that and you when can you've realize got that. Um, when you are a leader in divisive times as we are now there are splinter groups everywhere and yes. even inside a business even inside a church yes. there are phenomenally different opinions about what direction the organization should be taking. That's yes. where leadership really gets tested. I was speaking to a friend of mine who has spoken to several of my classes. I'm going to have him back. And he he served uh, 14 years in Army Special Forces. And then, of course, after that, he became a banker. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so, Good combination. Right. Yeah. So he, I think he can handle it. <laughs> you know, but... He has a very special set of skills. <laughs> but No question. <laughs> that's right. But, uh, you know, uh, my friend had told me that he's he has matured in his viewpoint of leadership uh, even beyond what has been called, uh, you know, service leadership in the past. And he's looking at this more as steward leadership. You know, we're, we're our, we are stewards of not just resources and not just money, but people, you know. Are we nurturing them? Are we preparing those who come after us? And so that kind of maybe we refer to it in academia more as mentorship, but but in a very genuine way. It's a really important part of leadership. It is. And any organization, because as you know, I deal mostly with bankers in, 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 that, uh, in that professional 
uh, world and in my academic teaching. But what I find is, you know, one of the one of the biggest challenges right now for banking is the bench. You know that we don't have enough of a bench. Who's coming behind the leaders right. of today? And so we've got to look for ways to develop them, to encourage them, uh, and to let them know that uh, they can do good uh, for so, for their communities, for society. And so it's not just about the financial part. It's it's about building the lives of others. Well, and, and the concept of bench strength is just so important to business, just as much as it was to a Super Bowl team or to a basketball team. Very true. Uh, you don't know when somebody's going to go down or when they're going to get that great promotion and all of a sudden they're moving to California in two weeks. Exactly or right. two months. But right. that bench strength is... That's important to the leader, isn't it? Very, very important. He or she has got to develop those folks that are going to come behind them. And that's one of the reasons, Dr. Bell, that we have made it a point over the last several years to have leadership as a theme uh, for our fall celebration. You know, we had Dick Vitale in this year. Right. Very inspirational, motivational, but a great leader in his own right and is now raising millions of dollars uh, for cancer and other, you know, again, giving back and serving as an example uh, for folks, whether they're uh, working in their own communities or they're working nationally or globally. Yeah, Dick was a great example, and, and you've had just a continuing group of of those kinds of folks. Well, I may come back out and take your leadership class, if that's okay. Well, that would be wonderful, and uh, I would... Uh, I would be honored, and I would be honored to have you maybe teach a class or two. Well, I could, I might <laughs> do a little bit of that too, but I certainly don't want to get a failing grade if I took your class. <laughs> I just wouldn't look good on the resume. Tom, it's great to see you. It's been great to have you on the program, and we'll, uh, we'll have you back again soon to talk some more about leadership. Oh, thank you very much, my friend. We've been talking to, be to Dean Tom Payne of the College of Business at Tennessee Tech University. Thanks, Tom. Thank you.